from the frozen lands of Minnesota. Two adventurers, Adam and usually Dave, battle the harshest internet connections to bring you another episode of the Digital Soup Podcast. Their opinions are unqualified, but the conversations are good. Welcome back, everybody. This is day number 937 of the quarantine. <laughs> I'm usually Dave, joined as always by Adam. This is the Digital Soup Podcast, where we are answering questions that you didn't ask. Adam, how you doing? I haven't seen the sunlight in all these millennia. <laughs> so you're saying there, uh, there ain't no sunshine. <laughs> oh, man. How about yeah, that? let's talk about that. Anyway, hi everybody. I'm Adam. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Last week, we during our recommendations for what we're adding to the playlist, I I suggested Bill Withers with his "Ain't No Sunshine." Yeah. The day our episode comes out, it also comes out that um, Bill Withers passed away. Like that morning. Yeah. That morning. Yeah, that was crazy. I'm like, wait. I, <laughs> I, I got a message. About it. Yeah, I got a message from one of our listeners who said I'm not allowed to mention him anymore, but he'll know who he is because he said, geez, don't mention my name on the show anymore. Bill Withers, you just mentioned him. He passed oh, no. away. And I said, yeah, no doubt. That was crazy. <laughs> so I, I went last Friday then, you know, after getting the news and we had just listened to it for a recommendation there and stuff and had a little uh, nice morning listening to a bunch of his hits and stuff. And I, I got to say, yep. Ain't No Sunshine and Lean On Me are probably still the the two favorites yep. for me. There's some other really good stuff, but yeah, it's really mellow, kind of soulful, yeah, stuff. So yeah, yeah. Um, rest in peace, Bill Withers. We, yeah. we thank you for the music, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, you so know, I, I had this thought wild. when I was yeah I was listening to it and in Lean On Me. With everything going on right now, what a what a perfect song that just seems to fit no matter mm. when you hear it. I mean, not just right now, but think about any time you hear that song, you instantly kind of think of whatever you're going through and like, oh, you know, I got friends that are there for me. You know, it's such a man, what a talent. That's, yeah, that's that's uh, you don't see that that kind of songwriting and and song song craftsmanship that really just. No matter when you listen to it, it's like it instantly lets you connect with it. It's it's wild. Yep, those are some timeless tunes right there. Mm-hmm. Much like Britney Spears. And <laughs> oh baby, baby, <laughs> it really resonates with me. <laughs> How was I supposed to know? <laughs> Oops, I did it again. <laughs> oh so man! So what things really make you cringe? Mm. Well, was it? Did we talk about it on air last week? I mean, joking about Britney Spears just now, but did we talk about how I had been listening to? Uh, I saw some clip of Animal Crossing, and oops, I did it again. Mashup people uh, did. I don't think so. I remember talking to someone about that. And I couldn't remember if it was on air. It's her voice. I forgot just how truly annoying it is at times. Like that. Like <laughs> you know, they, they what they call it, like vocal fry. I mean, I probably saw oh, it all the time. I hate the vocal fry. Yeah. Uh, I can't even do it right now. 
Yeah, I, I can. I, I sound like that all the time. <laughs> Let, let's talk about that. We'll get sidetracked <laughs> off what so, makes me cringe. Yeah, What's the first okay. thing you said to me tonight when oh, we got I, online? So before we started the recording, I said, oh, my voice is, is half gone. Like, I can't hit any of the lower registers that I talk. Uh. And Dave's <laughs> like, oh, what's, what's the deal? I said, I think it's honestly, I think it's allergies. <laughs> and then he lit into me like, oh, you son of a, how dare you have allergies? Yeah. I'm the one that gets the allergies. <laughs> no, it was more like, oh, not so funny now, is it? The when tables have turned, Mr. Powers. <laughs> when you're dealing with it and suddenly you're like <laughs> hyper aware of the fact yeah. that you feel like your voice sounds like trash, <laughs> even though I've got to say, I don't hear it on this end too much. So, Well, that's good. Yeah. You, now, you going back good. to the vocal frying, I think yeah. if you've never heard of this, you, I guarantee you've heard it in a song, and once you start to notice it, it'll uh -huh. stick out and it will annoy you. And I'm going to use a classic example of pretty much any song where someone's trying to be really dramatic, and they're like, "Well, you know," and they started off like, "Yeah," with a really that kind of uh, right in their vocal. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you want a good example of it, listeners, go pull up the song uh, "Oops, I Did It Again" by Britney Spears, and not that it's a good song. I'm not recommending it. But listen closely to her vocal track, and you will hear that they mask a lot of her vocal fry with the backing vocals. But when you listen, it's really, really dominant. Once you hear it, you won't unhear it. That's that's one thing. What about you? What what things really make you cringe? Um, the first thing that came to my mind was that yeah, celebrity Imagine singing video that just came out all over Twitter. <laughs> that got to you, huh? Oh, it's terrible. It's, it's very cringeworthy. Well, yeah. for me, I didn't know who half those people were. Some of them I recognized, obviously. Oh, Gal, Gal Gadot. Gadot. Yeah. And, and a handful There's of others, you know, Kristen Wiig and a few others. A lot of these people, <laughs> I had no idea who they were. And I'm like, uh, going back to last week's, you know, what old man, old person things do you do? That was one where I was like, I don't know who these young kids are. Who is this? <laughs> what is this music? So what, well, what, taking, what got you about that video? Well, aside from the fact that it's, you know, when we're in the middle of a pandemic and there's people dying, the last thing some people are going to want is to imagine that there's no heaven. Yeah, right. For, for starters, that that song, that John Lennon song has, uh, if you listen closely to the lyrics, it's, you know, I get it. it. It's a pretty song and all that stuff. But the singing was so terrible. And the cringy thing to me is that these celebrities that are all like, oh, we're stuck in our mansions with our our... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. just like the rest of you, we, we hereby give you this wonderful gift of us singing like absolute crap. Well, a couple of them could hit some notes, but well, you know, it was just like, uh, I watched, you're not that great. We don't care. No, I feel better having seen it. No, I watched this video. Someone broke down on YouTube and they played along on a piano with it. And they did it to illustrate how every, so many of the people they'd sing it. They were all in different keys. They jump from C to B to D and back to C and, you know, all over the place. So <laughs> there yep. was no consistency. Yeah, the, the opening opening lines, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Ugh. Yeah, yeah no it's, thanks. you know, it's one of those songs. Like, I wonder if that's yep. one of those songs where people look at it as like a song of hope. And then you really <laughs> look at the lyrics and you're like, man. I don't. Yep. I don't know. This is kind of depressing. 
Yeah. Now you contrast the way they did it with, uh, there was a Mayo Clinic surgeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That had yeah. a video and the guy's a phenomenal vocalist. Mm-hmm. At least that one, he's just nailing it. Yeah. But th- this one is just like, eh, all these people live. Imagine everybody just living for today. Right. Uh, that's, no. that's nice. I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I, I will say this. Most of these celebrities, even the ones I didn't know who they were, I get their idea behind it where they're like, let's, you know, let's try and put something positive and uplifting out there to reach our fans and whatever else. And no doubt about it, there was a ton of, hey, look, we're all celebrities and we're doing this great thing. You know, bring me attention, attention, attention. So there's a lot of that. But, at, you know, I, uh, on its core level, if they're genuinely just like, yeah, let's share something positive, I get it. But, oh, it was, mm-hmm. yeah, that video was was pretty yeah. cringy. So. I'm just going to go out here and say John Lennon himself stated imagine, which says imagine there was no more religion, no more country, no more politics. Yeah. He says it's virtually the communist manifesto. And even though I'm not, and in his words, even though I'm not particularly a communist and I do not belong to any movement. That's that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's battle a pandemic with a beautiful song about the communist movement. Oh boy. What else? Anything yeah, else? It's, that it's, gets a, it's a very cringy? famous song, and it's it's pretty. Yeah. But, but still, that was super cringy. Stuff that makes me cringe in general is again. I, I get embarrassed for other people a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like one time, a buddy of mine, one of my best friends, and I were, were we worked together. We were walk, we were taking a walk in uh, in Foley, Minnesota, when I worked there, and there was this <laughs> this gal that was walking in front of us, and for some reason, and I'm talking like she's 20 feet in front of us. She's walking the same direction we are, so she's up ahead. Mm-hmm. For some reason, she like does some kind of kick in the air, and her shoe flies off and hits the window of the building. <laughs> and she turns around and looks at us and realizes that somebody just saw her kickflip her shoe into a window. And she sheepishly just goes and gets it and then changes direction and keeps on walking. <laughs> Oh, that's and we brilliant. laugh about it to this day. It's like, well, you know what else we could do? We could probably just kick our shoe over at a window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I love any, seeing that stuff. Anything cringeworthy. I mean, you've got, um, if somebody isn't wanted in a group of people and somebody comes, you know, somebody comes up and they're like, hey, how's it going, everybody? And then they ignore them. That's yeah. cringeworthy. Yeah. But other actual, like, I mean, I can't think of any other real examples off the top of my head. How about yourself? Mm, the the only one I don't know if it's cringeworthy or just uh, or bingeworthy. F- no, flat out like I detest this is uh, green olives. And Ooh, I see where when, you're going with it. When my wife will eat green olives and then want to give me a kiss because she thinks it's funny, and I'm like, "Go get away from me! Go brush your teeth! <laughs> <laughs> I want I, no with green you. olive bread." I yeah, that's one. Olives like, have a t- weird taste to them. Yeah. I guess other things would be like, you know, when somebody scrapes their fork on their plate. Mm. See, that doesn't bother me the, much. And I, I think it's just because I'm partially deaf from all the years of drumming. Noises <laughs> like that don't usually bother me too much. So drive well, my wife nuts. If you could nuts. hear it, yeah. it would make you, it would make you But even, I remember when I was younger, like the sound of nails on a chalkboard, you know. I know yep. I'm supposed to be like, oh, that oh boy, that's cringy. But it never, it just never really bothered me. Okay, and well, I, that I doesn't bother everybody. Nails on a chalkboard aren't as bad as like the squeaking of the plate to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, I just thought of one. Anytime yeah, yeah. somebody basically treats a kid like they're way younger than they should. Oh, baby <laughs> talk. Yeah. Yep. 
It's yeah. that's cringe. Actually, any kind of baby talk, if it's not to a baby, is yeah. cringeworthy. Especially like you watch um, you watch adults do this to other. But honey, uh-huh. yeah, oh, oh baby, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> shut it. <laughs> you know, the last I'm I was just thinking the last time I saw something that really like had gave me a reaction like, oh, I literally cringed. I I had uh, an uncle of mine. He shared it to his Facebook page. And then my other uncle, one of his other brothers, thought it was funny. And then he texted the same picture to me. And it was a guy who he had a fish hook that went in. If you, if you take your your pointer finger okay, and you know point it. it at someone, and then look at the back, you know where your fingernail comes down back behind by the close close to that first knuckle, fish hook went in there and you could see it up underneath the nail. And mm-hmm. there there are some of these photos I've seen, you know that that gets shared around oh, like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I bet you know when if anyone ever tells you a picture can't actually make you feel something, look at this. And it's stuff like that, like a fish hook stuck under the nail of a finger or, you know, different things like that. That was, and that was just a few days ago. So it's kind of fresh in my mind. That was the last thing I actually cringed at. I also, I'm just going to add, I think it's completely ridiculous for anybody to ever say that to a photographer. (laughs) Pictures can't make you feel feelings. Right. Yeah. I'm biased Uh, there. So I don't, I don't usually get up on that argument and that soapbox, but you don't see a picture of your newborn child and, you know, yeah. When you're, you know, 30 years later and not have it move you. Yeah. Right. Thinking of memories and stuff. Shut <laughs> yeah. up. My, my yeah. motive, my, I'm going to say shut up a lot today. I can just feel it. Not to you. <laughs> All right. Just Fair to enough. people in general. This um, is episode some... 183, the shut up cast. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Social distancing's <laughs> made me crabby. Um, so what, what are some car tips everyone should know? Uh, this is a left field question. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a good serious one, actually. We we have a lot of fun, but mm-hmm. this is I was just thinking, it's funny you put this in here because I was just thinking over the weekend, we should probably start throwing in some, you know, a little more serious questions. <laughs> something useful. Then. Yeah, something useful <laughs> mixed with our fun. Nothing wrong with that. It's funny. You, you it's like, okay. you know, same wavelength there. Uh-huh. Um, useful car tips. I, this one's gonna sound stupid, but as someone who is I didn't grow up like loving wrenching on cars you know it's not my thing and over the years i've learned to do a lot of stuff but the one thing i recommend is don't discount when you've got a question on what's going on or how to do something read the dang manual it sounds obvious but so many times everything from just because every car like say you got to replace a headlight bulb or something every car is a little different and it'll tell you exactly how to do it right in the manual. Tell you exactly what bulb you need for your car so you don't have to go search on that stupid machine or in a book at the parts store, you know. How much oil to put in. Right. Capacities. It's yeah. all what, in there. What should your tires be set to? All of that yeah. kind of stuff. Just read the manual. No, that, Keep it in your glove box. That, yeah. That is a, a really, really solid tip. And yeah. almost everybody keeps their manual in their glove box. Yep. Because um, it's there when so, you buy it and it never leaves. I had a buddy, a neighbor of mine who's a master mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember reading some research that you really don't technically need to change your oil three to 5,000. The life really? of it actually goes five to seven. And I mentioned this to him and he just shook his head at me and was like, not in Minnesota, 3,000. The, the, the way the weather impacts and the temperatures impact our motors in the cold weather, I mean, you need to be doing it oh. because it breaks down faster. And I thought that's, that's a really good tip. Well, and Always I know- change it three to five. 
Yeah, and I know that can vary a little bit based on the type of oil too, if I'm not mistaken. If you're, I'm not if you're all a, synthetic. Yeah, I'm not a mechanic, but if it's if you're using a synthetic or synthetic blend, that's when you can get to that five, maybe seven. Oh. Now I always if I hit five thousand, I feel like, oh, I'm in trouble. Like when I go get my oil changed at that point, I'll like peel the sticker off ahead of time so they don't know what how long <laughs> own, they have it in their system, but you can still peel I'm it off. I'm all embarrassed, like uh oh, I'm <laughs> My wife had my car for a month. (laughs) I I changed it myself. Sir, did you use our oil filter? (laughs) Yes. So don't be embarrassed. Just get it done. Right. (laughs) I'm really bad about it sometimes, but um, I've got a couple other really good ones that are um, super simple. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you might not know how much tire pressure to put in. And if you don't have your manual handy. Yeah. And in fact, your tire is going to say maximum PSI. You know, that's pounds per square inch. You don't want to put your tires to max. No. There, if you open your driver's door, there yes. is a label on every vehicle that tells you what tire pressure your vehicle wants you to have. Mm-hmm. And it's going to say that cold PSI, you know, what's the temperature cold? So um, mm. just fill your tires to that capacity. There you go. I'm, I'm the other one I was like, thinking of. Yeah, yeah oh, you go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. If you don't know when you pull up to the gas station... Which uh-huh. uh, side your driver's cap is on? Yep. Your driver, your gas cap, not your driver's cap. You're probably <laughs> well, wearing driver. a driver's cap. I wear a special cap and gloves for driving. <laughs> uh, if you need to know which side your gas cap is on, if you look at your gas gauge, most yep. modern vehicles have a little arrow that's going to point to whatever side mm-hmm. your gas cap is on. Yep, absolutely. That's one I make use of often because for a long time, my wife and I, you know, we each have our own vehicles, but you know, if we go anywhere as a family, I'm driving her vehicle because it's a bigger one. So I'm always getting confused. So I always have to look, which side is your tank on? <laughs> yep. I I was just thinking like any, any like convenience as a driver, not worried about passengers really, but as a driver, like can, is there anything you can do to set up your driving space? Any tips like that, you know, to make it mm. safer while you're driving, more comfortable, um, Probably the number one thing which I struggle with is keeping it clean and clutter free mm, yeah. because I've got children and I will find like wrappers and napkins and bottles oh, and stuff just all over the place. I have no and, excuse. My front seat floor on the passenger side, because no one ever really rides with me because I have a tiny little car. <laughs> just and, chucking stuff down there. So yeah, I, I, I'll clean it once a week, but it's like any wrappers or, you know, water bottles, that kind of, it's always yep. a mess on that side. My back seat yep. is a nightmare because there'll be like boots and hats and sweatshirts because I was out in the woods or doing this and doing that and just throw it in the back seat, you know. And, <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Other than that, I always have some, some change handy. Yeah. Because if you go to Aldi, you need to pay 25 cents to get the grocery cart. Mm. And you need to have a quarter handy, or you just might need to have some quarters handy for the toll booth if you ever hit it. But that's kind of why they have all those little slots. Or the (laughs) payphone. You remember when you were young? Did you ever have to keep, what was it, like 15 cents or whatever? Oh, you keep some money for the payphone. Always had some change for a payphone in case you needed it. This was a long time ago, kids. (laughs) Yes, it was. Do you have any other car tips? You know, the only thing I can think of is, is... in terms of, you know, people like to hang stuff off their mirror. Yep. And I, I have an air freshener hanging up there on mine, and I'm guilty of that. But technically, that's illegal in most states. Yep. So you really shouldn't have stuff hanging there. But along with that is a lot of people will get these phone mounts and stuff that attach to their windshield. 
so they're yep. you know hands free, which is good. But they mount it right in their windshield, blocking their view, which is dangerous. So in my car, what I did, I found you can find them on Amazon. I sh- I don't have a link or anything here, but it's essentially a cl- uh, just like an A clamp, you know that that goes and it's got a big gooseneck off of it, you know, a bendable neck on it, and. Mm. I clip it right down like where your emergency brake thing is there, you know. Find somewhere yep. down by your seat somewhere in there. Clip it to that and then just bend it so it's in position out of the way. You can see it without really taking your eyes off the road, but it's not blocking your windshield vision. Ah, yes. Nice. Yeah. I like that. I would also, yeah. I mean, in Minnesota, if you can keep a, uh, you know, you need to keep a winter survival kit and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but also a glass breaker. Yeah, is good if you, if you can if you can get one because if you ever go through the ice, yeah, not everybody's going to have that problem. Right. <laughs> In right. fact, hopefully you don't. But yeah, uh, no kidding. No. Kidding. Anyway, man, we took a lot of time on that question. Yeah. Right. Rotate your tires, folks. Listen to your manual. Read the manual yes. is probably the best one because it's got all the information we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, basically. All right. right? <laughs> Let's say you wake up and it's 2050. What is the first thing you Google? I mean, after what year is it? 2050. No, I mean, that's the first thing I look at. How do I know it's 2050? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that whatever computer or clock you're on has got it on there. Okay. So I, I guess, well, not I whatever, mean. Whatever computer or phone you're on. Not, are you on a clock? You know, I can't say words good. <laughs> if, if I'm by myself waking up and I see this computer <laughs> just sitting there and you I'm going like. Go to the adult section. No, no. And I see, <laughs> I, I see, holy crap, uh, what's going on? It's 2050. What What's happening? First thing I do is probably Google myself to see like what happened to me. Where have I been this whole time? Yeah, I would probably uh, well Google my my kids and my wife. See if right. Yeah, see you know the immediate family. I just woke up. What's going on? Second, I'd probably I'd probably Google um, Digital Soup to see where our numbers are at because (laughs) because that's a long time. That's thirty years from now. Yep, no, I, I kid on the last high. one. Yeah, I don't know. There, there'd be a. I think you'd be so flooded with, um, just shock. Like, what the heck? Yeah, you know, uh, after you Google your family or wife and kids or whatever yourself, you you kind of would probably just sit there stunned. Like, what the heck? You know, what Google do I probably do? Probably won't now? even exist. That's what I was going to say. Is Google <laughs> like, going to be like trying to it, fire up an AOL free CD? It's so funny. He, this guy still says Google like it's the like it's the 20s. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the roaring 20s. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, what, what internet slang can you not stand? All right, fam. What's up, <laughs> Digital Soup fam? I hate up, fam. I hate that whole fam. There nonsense. was one phrase that annoyed the crap out of me. What was it? Oh, um, weird flex, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, like, uh, yeah, and at least that one I understand a little bit. Bruh, bro. That's probably yeah. the most overused. Yeah. The, it's not even internet slang. It's just. Well, in insert adjective followed by AF. Green AF. Yeah. Oh, this is uh funny af this is blah 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 you know salty af whatever it's like eh. when i was a kid we used to just say the f word when we wanted to (laughs) yeah no kidding (laughs) i'm john wayne and i say the f word i don't know why i chose him um (laughs) 
I'm kind of with you on those. That's yeah. The the fam, the the AF, like you said, the, the other ones you were mentioning. Totes. Totes. Do they even say that anymore? Uh, I don't know. I said Let's it see. once I'm to my I'm daughter. Google latest internet slang. Yeah, I, I said got, totes to my daughter uh, like a month and a half ago, and she looked at me like rolled her eyes. And she's only eleven, and she was like, "Uh, <laughs> whatever." Yeet. Yeah. We, we bay. Oh my gosh, bay. bay yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know what else I see? This isn't really internet slang. It's more of a behavior. And it drives me nuts. Like, man, that's just pathetic. I see a lot of younger people say early to mid-20s. And they, they're constantly sharing posts about like what they're doing in terms of like, oh, here I am enjoying quarantine and I'm still single. I'm never going to have a significant i'm still like they're begging for people to like me like me i'm I'm gonna be single forever oh you know it's like just ugh, (laughs) shut it that's not even slang it's just people yeah how about you how about you (laughs) shut up how about you get off the internet and social media and go talk to somebody in real life Unless you're listening to the Digital Soup podcast, well, you know, put it on and share a share an earbud with someone else and get close. Well, not right now. Don't get close. We're, share we're still distancing. Put it on a Bluetooth speaker and have a good laugh. Learn something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For once, <laughs> you have a magical chance to learn anything in one minute. What do you choose to learn? Oh boy! In one minute, if you could learn anything. Oh, honestly, Can you imagine that. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to choose from that would probably be better choices. But if you could learn anything, so you are like master level. I honestly mm-hmm. think I would choose guitar, even though ah. there's a billion other things that are probably more important to learn. But I have just I have very basic skill with a guitar. I've just kind of taught myself picked up a few things here and there and I don't have the time to practice like I used to with my drumming and there are just some stuff that I just wish I could sit down and just play you know what whatever's in my mind just play it instead of having to look at a chord chart and be like okay these three fingers here with my tongue sticking out the side and I'm all like "Ah, okay that's okay that's an A I got an A one chord all right there's only 37 more to learn in this song (laughs) you know (laughs) I was kind of thinking like a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't handle that. No. So I don't, that's, that's a really tough one. And learn anything in a minute. See, um, go ahead. It's just, it's, yeah, that's a, there's a lot of choices out there. Do you want to, yeah. do you want to be a master martial artist, a master yeah. painter, photographer? Yeah. Um, learn another language in a minute. Oh, I'd, I'd love to learn like the, uh, I'd like to learn full on Filipino language tomorrow yeah. in one minute. Right. And I could cover, converse with my relatives and stuff. That'd be kind of mm-hmm. cool. There's a lot of options here. You know, I, I kind of looked at it in, I, I was like, okay, like a doctor to me that crossed my mind briefly, but to me, that's like, there's one way to become a doctor. It's go through the schooling. Um, magically though. Yeah. But magically can- I thought, I thought more along the lines of things that Yes, you can learn, like say, just using guitar as an example, you can learn that by reading the books and learning chord start teaching yourself, you know, but it requires hours and hours and days and weeks and months and years of practice to get good. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I kind of looked at it from that aspect of the things that would require just immense amounts of regular practice because yep. I don't have that kind of time anymore. Right. Well, that's kind of why I lean towards like, it'd be kind of awesome to somehow be a master swordsman. Yeah. Something <laughs> In a awesome. minute or learn yeah. a language or anything that requires practice. That is a really good take on that question. So what film role was 100% perfectly cast? Hmm. And I've got several examples that just right off the top of my head. Yeah, hit it. Because I I remember we talked about a couple recently, and now I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden on the spot here. To me, this is, if if I can't picture anybody else in the role, they were perfectly cast. Yeah. And so I'm going to start off with like Doc Brown from Back to the Future. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I don't mean Doc Brown. I mean uh, Christopher uh, Lloyd. Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. He was perfectly cast. In fact, um, so was... uh, um, Mark, Michael J. Fox. Oh, Marty. Yep. There. Yep. yep. Um, I think uh, Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. Yeah. He was perfectly cast. Um, I also think uh, uh, Emily Blunt in Quiet Place. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Swell job. Same with you know, John Krasinski. Also, but for, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was trying to think of recently, and I think it was when we were talking about The Witcher. And Henry Cavill as the Witcher. Yeah, he just grunts his way through that whole right. thing perfectly. That's mm. one that I thought was perfectly F. cast. Really, when you think about a lot of the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, uh, Chris Evans as Captain America, uh, yep. Thor, Chris Hemsworth, Robert Downey Jr. might be the biggest yeah, example. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. As Tony Stark, yeah. Yeah, there's a um, few. I mean, uh, Colin Farrell in The Lobster. <laughs> yeah glenn close in that one movie with the glenn close i don't know which oh who am i thinking of in uh meryl streep in in bridges of madison county (laughs) yeah i meant glenn Glenn close Close. glenn close in hook yeah (laughs) although i will say robin williams in hook yeah ultimate cast oh man robin williams in mrs doubtfire yeah, yeah, you couldn't couldn't do anything. No. Anybody else couldn't have done that. And um, back, because it's still stuck in my mind and I haven't watched it yet, John Candy in Uncle Buck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Chris Farley and Tommy Boy. Yeah. There's, those, there's, <laughs> this question's kind of loaded because they're, all you have to do is pick good movies. You know what's funny, though? When you think about it, there's so many names to choose from. As you start thinking of them, more and more pop in your head. But we always, the ones that really stand out and seem the most glaring are the handful where it's like, man, that person just was wrong. That was not a good casting. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do we have any examples of that? Oh, boy. Off the top of my head now, I'm, I'm thinking. We'll have to um, come back to that one next year. Next next year. <laughs> I can't next say year. things. Well, I, I'm glad you're planning <laughs> ahead with the show notes. <laughs> 2021 we're gonna talk about it stay Holy tuned <laughs> okay it was i i started thinking next episode and next week and it came out next year <laughs> it's these allergies dave yeah right i know it i suffer anyway <laughs> yeah well that should be a follow-up question maybe we'll maybe we'll come back to that one and now digital soup recommendations all right so my recommendation today is the private internet access vpn and um essentially what it is it's a vpn service it's a paid vpn service um i don't 
I don't feel like not paying and getting some free one that's full of ads and other things because we're talking <laughs> about your internet security here. Yeah, right. So um, this particular one, uh, you've got a client for your phone. You've got a client for your uh, desktop PC. It's super easy to use. You can choose your location. You can say automatic and it'll pick whatever servers are the closest ping. Or you can choose a different country. It's actually come in really handy for testing, you know, for security stuff. Like, can I access this website from this other country? We can use this to test it. Sure. But most importantly, it's encrypting and keeping your privacy intact um, from your ISP if you're worried about that sort of thing. Um, or if you're in a hotel and <clears throat> I've got a lot of conferences and stuff and you always go to the hotels and they've got open Wi-Fi or something like that. You turn this on and you're not going to get snooped generally because all of your traffic's encrypted. So um, this is the one that I use and I, I recommend that one. What did you say? And maybe I missed it. I apologize. Did you say what it runs like cost-wise? Uh, let's see. The actual cost is a good question. Looks like it is about 70 bucks, 60 bucks for a year. Oh, that's not too bad. Five, six bucks a month. Well worth it if you're you're in need of that. Actually, it might setup. be even cheaper. It looks like they're they're two months. They've got right now a two months free plus yearly, and it's forty. Oh, really? Not so, bad. No, not too shabby. Very there's cool. a lot of different VPNs out there. Um, you'll see different reviews on all of them. Um, mm-hmm. And there's varying levels of security here. So don't don't assume that if you get a VPN, you can now go do whatever you want and hit the dark web and all that <laughs> stuff. You need to <laughs> still do everything legally and um, do your research. If you're interested in that kind of security that could hide you from everything, you might want to hit up Reddit and look through some of their VPN stuff because they've got some really in-depth um, security folks that have gone over with a fine-tooth comb a lot of different services. Well, yeah. I mean, and so, if you wake up and it's 2050 and you're trying to Google stuff, you don't want the government knowing you're awake yet. No, exactly. You're still in that cryo chamber that just misfired. And <laughs> you've, we finally came out with the episode that talks about the the uh, people that were cast wrong. So <laughs> anyway, what's what's, what's yours? Well, <laughs> what's your recommendation? Mine is just a, a bit of fun. Um, if you're a drummer, you're probably going to dig this. If you're a musician, you'll probably dig it. Maybe not quite as much. It is Chad Smith, drummer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And what he's been doing during this quarantine is putting up videos. I think they're about once a day, maybe once or twice a day. And he's essentially sitting down and playing a different, um, short clip video clip of a a specific drum groove from all kinds of different songs Hmm. and then asking listeners to basically guess the song. So kind of a name that tune, but only by hearing the, the drum groove, which for me is very fun. But this, this, if you, if you want a good example of why I said, I'd love to be able to play guitar, this is why, because it is incredibly difficult as a drummer to be able to sit down and play something that you're excited about that you just learned and show your friends or anyone else and have them know what the heck you're <laughs> playing them yeah. unless they're they're really versed in music. You ever sit around the campfire and just play the drums and everybody sings right. along? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I've had a lot of fun watching these videos and and he's so like he's one of those drummers, super talented. There are other guys that might be faster, might be, you know, whatever. But yep. he is just but one. They of don't those. look as much like Will Ferrell. Well, I know. Well, you got that. That's that's very true. But Chad Smith also is one of those drummers that can just 
he just can find that groove. He's not the flashiest of drummers when it comes to like massive fills and, you know, crazy stuff like that. But he is just so rock solid and can just really, really lock into a beat and drive a song. Yeah, good groove. Him yeah. and Flea, they're, they're yep. a team. Yep, very, very talented. So I, I've, I've had a lot of fun with these. I can't remember where I saw it, but it popped up and I was like, oh, I got to check nice. that out. That's fun. So Chad Smith and Quarantine Beats on Instagram. Yep, yep. Nice. Um, so for our Spotify Digital Soup playlist today, I'm going to be adding The Bad Days by David Ramirez. This is mm-hmm. a guy I saw live in Minneapolis a couple of years ago with my mm. wife. And um, this particular song is kind of about being on the road and having bad days. And there's there's just some great writing in there. So um, it's more like a indie folk kind of stuff but mm-hmm. he's got a deep growling voice to him that's it's pretty good so yeah the bad no, i I, I haven't i gotta i gotta give a little closer listen to it but i just kind of gave a skim through before we started here and it, it was very good i, I dug what nice, i'm hearing nice good and it, I well, was, what do you got here well first oh, i was really ahead. happy that when you said you know when when i saw you were recommending a song called the bad days that it wasn't that that one song that's like, you had a bad day again. Because <laughs> you had a bad day. Yeah, another or, one. Or was it, yeah. had speaking, a bad day again. Spe- speaking of things that Should make you cringe. On <laughs> Actually, yeah. I never minded Fuel with their bad day song. Yeah, I didn't mind. It's just one of those ones you hear so often. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I went with a song. Uh, it's called Rise to Me by the Decemberists off their album, The King is Dead. It came out in uh, 20, 2011. Yeah. Um, Decemberists are very like folk rock, kind this of uh, bluegrass. This is the first time we've had a similar genre. Yeah, and this Somewhat. one, uh, I, I was surprised because I know you, you've you uh, shared quite a few of these kind of this type of genre and they get a little more, they have a little bluegrassy feel at times. They get a little eccentric mm-hmm. at times, but um, they're, I, I really, really enjoy a lot of their music. And this song in particular, I, I chose it. It's uh, kind of about the idea that, you know, the world is huge and um, no matter what's going on, you know, things are difficult times, people trying to essentially, knock you down and it's about a guy saying you know i'm gonna stand my ground you rise up to me and i'm gonna blow you down basically and sounds like a tom petty song yeah kind of well, you I know <laughs> back down i'll stand my ground yeah and, you know and it's it's kind of a love song where he's like you know i i i've he's he's singing to a woman saying i've got your back essentially and no matter what comes, no matter what life throws at us, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand my ground. I'm gonna I'm gonna rise up and and hold on. Nice. It's very cool, very mellow. This song too. Um, I'll really, to listen to really it again. It was good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. All right. Well, and now a word from your two favorite hosts. Hey, wait. What are who are those guys? Um, usually Adam and typical Dave. <laughs> oh, allergy Dave. <laughs> Allergy Adam and usually Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, super friends. As you know, we don't have any fancy sponsors, but we do have some important information for you. So listen up. First, if you want to keep up with everything we're doing here at Digital Soup, 
including how to find us on social media, all the ways to subscribe, and even how to support the show, head to digitalsouppodcast.com. We appreciate all of your support, including sharing Digital Soup with your friends. But if you want to do more than share, hit that button that says Patreon on the site and help support the show by becoming a Digital Soup Patreon backer. Of course, Dave and I stay busy with our own projects outside of the kitchen as well. Dave is having creativity-fueled discussions designed to motivate, inspire, and encourage you along your own adventures in creativity with the Adventures in Creativity podcast. You'll find him at AICpod.com. And if you're interested in some amazing sci-fi stories from years gone by, I've got you covered with yesterday's sci-fi. These are amazing, classic sci-fi stories in an audiobook format. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to yesterdayscifi.com for all the details. Man, that's a lot, huh? Well, just remember this. DigitalSoupPodcast.com, YesterdaysSciFi.com, and AICPod.com. Now then, thank you again, all of you that are listening, for taking time to join us every week, and let's get back to the show. So let's get into this. We're, we're, we've been social distancing for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. What are some of the the top what are the top 10 social distancing movies? And it looks like we've got a list. Yep. And it's, um, it's available. actually a video too. Oh, if you want to, okay. if you want to check this out, listeners, a watch mojo list. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this comes from a based on a list by Nick Spake at watchmojo.com. Right. And basically let's get into this. What are the top 10, according to this list, social distancing movies? Yeah. And of course, last time I kind of threw out, um, Interstellar, because you can't uh-huh. get much farther away than having to go through a wormhole in a black hole. <laughs> but let's yeah. get into this list. Well, at number 10, this one, I, I didn't even think of it, but it's so true. 1990s Home Alone. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- this is, I'm going to read the the quote here from the site, and you can probably see this in their video too, but they say, who says a social distancing movie can't be also a feel-good movie? For anyone feeling down in the dumps, this comedy classic is sure to lift your spirits, be it Christmas or not. There isn't a 90s kid who hasn't dreamed of being Kevin McAllister. He's left at home. We all know the story. All the slapstick comedy, all the hijinks ensue. But really, he spends a good amount of time social distancing aside from those, you know, the wet bandits. (laughs) You could almost say he was mostly home alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one. Right, I wouldn't have pick. thought of that as, as a social distancing. No. We, you know, we kind of teased it last week that we were going to do this list. And I, I hadn't looked through it, but I would not have thought of home alone. Nice, nice. Well, number nine is Into the Wild, which is a biographical drama around, about Crystal. Um, Chris, Crystal. <laughs> crystal meth. <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> it's these allergies. Chris McCandless, aka Alexander Supertramp. Wow, he, that's in the movie. That's he's played AKA. by Emil Hirsch. And I, have you seen this movie? I've seen this one. Is this the? This is isn't the, the grizzly bear guy, is it? No, no. this this guy is kind of going off to find. He's one of those that's oh. going off to just find. He's living in a van up in Alaska or something. Yeah, at the Eddie Vedder a van soundtrack. down by the river. Yep. Yeah. I haven't seen it. No, I, I've listened to Eddie Vedder's but, soundtrack, but that's about it. So he he is very remote, and and you know they obviously spoiler alert, guys. Skip ahead fifteen seconds if you don't want to hear this. 
But yeah, they they found his his dead body out there. He was starved and all that stuff. Oh man. And, I mean, you don't get much more social distant than that. On yeah. Earth. Wow. <laughs> was the so, yeah. was the film good? The film was okay. Uh you can kind of see he made a lot of connections with other people and that there's a lot of focus on that. Um he tried his best at survival skills but kind of botched it. Mm. So I mean, I, a couple of unrealistic things. He takes down a moose with a twenty-two. Ah. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> I don't. I don't think whoever did the movie was a, uh, real, a firearms knowledgeable. Right. But uh, yeah, he's he uses a twenty-two to take it down. Wow. As, as Wait, I remember, based on their uh, based on their comments on this, it says uh, some may see McCandless as an inspiring figure who had the adventure of a lifetime. Others may view his story as a cautionary tale about the price of isolation. Ultimately, this is a film about the beauty and cruelty of nature as well as human nature. So, sounds like a pretty deep film, actually. But, hmm, haven't seen yeah. this one, though. It's, it, it, it's did, not terrible. Did it make you want <laughs> to, aside from the him dying at the end part... Did it make you want to go on an adventure like that where you spend six months or a year just kind of in one of these fully decked out camper vans traveling all over the U.S. or something? You know what? It actually didn't. No. <laughs> Not even a little. No. That that lifestyle isn't isn't really for That's, me. No. I, I It'd be interesting, but too, too freewheeling for me. Right, right. So, well, um, what do we got for what's the next one here? Number eight, we're visiting uh, Leo DiCaprio back in 2015. It's a film called The Revenant. Have you seen mm, this one? Yep, I have seen this. Have you? I have not, and I don't know why. Oh. I, I yeah, know I, I, this would be up your alley. Yeah, it's one I've meant to watch. This one, along with the other one by uh, with Liam Neeson and the Wolves, I can't remember what that was called. Um, oh, I've seen that one too. Yeah, they they both were were films that I wanted to see, and you know this one's got it all. It sounds like you know brutal survival story out in the wilderness, a massive yeah, well, bear attack. The Revenant is based on a true story. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, and I think actually I would recommend you watch this because the, the cinematography has been hailed on this mm-hmm. one. They used all the natural lighting. They didn't okay. have any artificial lights for this. They used all the outdoor stuff, and it's all shot out in the woods. Um, but yeah, basically this uh, this Hugh Glass played by Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> can't talk today. Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Leo. I know you're listening. I apologize. Anyway, oh, they've got a brutal bear attack in here, and yeah, basically he's betrayed. He's there's some there's some nasty war scenes in here, like really, you know, the native population and stuff. It's it's something to watch. I I remember after I watched it, I watched it again like two days Mm -hmm. later because I liked it. I I Mm. should probably rewatch it, but I recommend that one. This one I need to watch. I'm not familiar with this cinematographer Emmanuel Lubezki. But yeah, I'm looking <laughs> you, at an article. Well, he worked with Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio so. <laughs> yeah, I guess oh, he won. Uh, this this um, cinematographer won his first Academy Award in 2014 um, for his work on the film Gravity with Sandra Bullock. Um, oh, okay. Also did work on Birdman with Michael Keaton and uh, The Revenant here. Yeah, like you said, used only natural light. I, I, all I all I remember seeing about the cinematography in the revenant was the the uh 
the color grading they've done to everything has this real cold and blue cast because mm. they're you know in the wilderness. Well, in 2016, they got three Academy Awards for this, as far as I know. Yeah, it's Leo DiCaprio got Academy Award for Best Actor. That um, the director got Best Director, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu, mm-hmm. and mm. then um, they got an Academy Award for Best Cinematography from Emmanuel Lubezki. Okay, interesting. I'm looking at this article here, and they said uh, this film they didn't shoot with any long lenses either, just 12 millimeters to 21 millimeters, which is pretty wide you know, wide angle. Yeah, it's real wide. So when you think of it, that has to add to that feeling of isolation because you're going to see the figure on screen, but then just it's the wilderness everywhere you look, you know, yep. brings in so it's, much more of that. Interesting. However they shot it, the the sense of being there was, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was, it's definitely worth the watch. I'll have to check that out. All right. Hmm. Um, number seven, The Martian. Yeah, how did we not think of this last week? I don't know, but that's a great movie about solitude. <laughs> he is the best botanist on that planet. Yeah. That's a good movie with Matt Demon. <laughs> I want to read the book. I heard the book is pretty good, too. I should probably do the same. I've heard that as mm-hmm. well. But yeah, this is The Martian. Of course, he's stranded there on Mars trying to figure out a way to communicate with Earth and to make his way home. And uh, he's the sole inhabitant of the entire planet. Now, that is social distancing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stuck on another planet, no doubt. Man, that was another one, though. Oscar winner. Um, mm-hmm. It was good. Beautiful cinematography, from what I remember. That's uh, also 2015. I, I wonder, though, how many, if it won anything much, or if it was just an Oscar-nominated film. Because mm-hmm. The Revenant a won a bunch question. that year, too, in 2015. So, hmm. Now, the next one, number six. This is a film that at first I was, I'm still curious. I want to see it. I haven't seen it. It's pretty new. It came out in 2019. I was very excited to see it because it's produced by A24 Studios, which they've been putting out some really interesting films. And then we watched The Lobster, and it really made me wonder <laughs> if this is a film I'm going to enjoy. And it's I've a film never even called, heard of this. Yeah, it's a film called The Lighthouse. Stars Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Um, it's shot in like it's it's all black and white, but also very gritty looking, super contrasty film. And the story is that um, essentially they're two lighthouse keepers confined on an island in this lighthouse, and um, basically a storm comes in. The settings are bleak, you know, minimal living conditions. Um, apparently according to this thing here, it says booze is the only form of pleasure. Well, that and mermaids, um, anxiety emphasized by black and white cinematography, as well as the claustrophobic aspect ratio. And so (laughs) they, I guess the film, they kind of, there's some kind of drama that happens. The characters get suspicious of each other and it's a, it's a matter of seeing which one of these guys are going to crack first. And, um, it's got good reviews. Yeah, it's it's one of those films that's highly, but then again, uh, critically so did acclaimed. The lobster. What's that? So did the lobster. Well, right, that's what I mean. It, it might be very much an art house film, but you can't get more, well, much more socially distanced than being trapped on an island in a lighthouse. I mean, lighthouses are not that big. True, very cramped. Um, let's keep it moving here. Um, number mm-hmm. five is Solaris. 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 Yeah. George 1972, Clooney. not the, not the new one. This is the older one. Oh, this is the old one. Okay, 
Yep, and this one came out when most people associated sci-fi with strange worlds and extravagant set pieces. Sure. Um, but Andrei uh, Tarkovsky's film finds the simplicity in interstellar travel, although mm. the real journey is into the human psyche. <laughs> um, it says, even if you remove the space station setting, Solaris would still be a thought-provoking story about a psychologist coping with loss. Hmm. So it sounds like they're just kind of quietly going through space, dealing with stuff. Well, did you see the George Clooney, the modern one? I mean, that's that's old now, too. I think but I did, but I don't remember it at all. I, I remember really disliking that film because okay, I, I remember it starts off, and the, the way it starts and the way it ends, feel like it, it felt like you walked in 15 minutes late and like you left. 10 minutes before the film was supposed to end. Like it was a really weird, like it just kind of jumped in. You didn't really know what was happening. I should oh. give it a rewatch, but maybe I should watch this version here, the 72 version, if I can find or it. Or watch The Revenant instead. Mm, true. <laughs> All right, what do you got next? Number four, one of my favorite films still in the last couple of years is A Quiet Place from yeah. 2018. This one we know all about. Now they the family is close. You see, you know, interaction between yep. the two parents and the kids. Well, three kids, soon to be only two, um, as the film starts out. But they are forced into isolation because the monsters, the aliens that are you know terrorizing the planet Earth, feed off of sound, and so they have to be very cautious, very solitary, and very careful. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's one where sound plays a huge factor in this film. So listen to it with some good headphones in a quiet room and, <laughs> you know, really, really just marvel at the storytelling. It is a beautiful yep. film. So Looking much tension. One. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They, they just, I, I love this film so much and I can't wait. The second one got delayed, of course, with the, the whole virus thing here, but, uh, yep. I can't wait to see what they do in the second one either. Well, speaking of viruses, 28 Days Later is the next one on the list. So um, this is this was, uh, and, and they're right on this description. Mm -hmm. Danny Boyle set a new gold standard for zombie apocalypse movies with this breakout hit. This came out in 2002, wow. and this had the fast zombies. Right, um, right. And it talks about how this, this Jim, he steps out into abandoned London after he comes out of the hospital. And the sense of emptiness and the gravitas of that signifying that the end of days has already come. The movie really gave it that sense. Yeah. Uh, as he walked around and it's just dead quiet. It kind of reminded me of I Am Legend, but yeah. a little more realistic. Exactly. Yep. I really liked the parts where, you know, they show all the people that have the signs up for their missing, you know, family. And it's yeah. like, it's just dead quiet and all the signs are still up. It's just kind of eerie and haunting. Yeah. I, I remember when this came out, this is one of Jason's favorite movies, zombie movies at least. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember he made me watch it. I wasn't really like, I like zombie movies, but I wasn't like a fanatic about it. And I remember watching yep. it and it, it blew me away. I was like, holy crap. We'd never seen something like that at that point. Right. It was, it's, yeah, very wild. And of course, you know, you've got the isolation because everyone's dead, it seems like. But you also have just that kind of just really oppressive feeling of tension and danger constantly. Yep. It's, it's, it's a fun exactly. ride. Yeah. Just great. Yeah. Well, maybe not in this, this time right now, but. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was thinking of that because I was looking at movies yesterday, like, oh, what do I want to watch? 
And I'm finding myself right now, I'm shying away from any of the post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. There's too much of it going on. Yep. And I'm, I'm yearning for more like fun, funny kind of stuff right now. Just And I've always been a huge fan of that genre of the, mm-hmm. not not of zombies in particular, but just kind of dystopia and stuff right. like yep. that. And it's like, yep. not now. They, I know I've had this this desire lately. Well, I've been re-watching Parks and Rec a little bit. Uh, here and there, sure. just kind of, you know, and I would just want something quick because they're like 20 minutes long. And so that's fun, getting some good Ron Swanson laughs in. And um, I've had this urge, you know, Uncle Buck obviously is one I keep talking about. I got to rewatch that. And I've also had an urge to go back and watch all of the like classic Sandler and Chris Farley and David Spade type movies because those were so much fun back in the day. Oh, yeah. Classics. <laughs> yep. Kind of go back to what's what's good. Yep. Uh, so what's our number two one here? Number two is one I mentioned last week, Castaway with Tom Hanks. You know, we all know the story here. Not yep. a shock. This is this guy's, again, stuck on a remote island and just a, uh, what is it? What is it called? Wilson, the uh, volleyball with a bloody handprint on it. <laughs> now, what did they name? Well, never mind. What's that? The, the volleyball was a Wilson brand, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's why it was called. It wasn't because his wife was named Rita Wilson? No, I don't think so, although that would be a, a very clever uh, nod to a spouse. <laughs> Could be both, you know? I always like that he was like, I got a dentist named, what was he, <laughs> dentist named Spalding. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I haven't seen Castaway in a long time. And then he gets back and his his, his girlfriend married Dr. Spalding. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, there's another one. Not to derail us, but doesn't he have Tom Hanks? Didn't he have another film where he is um, from another country and something happens with his passport or something happened? He's like stuck in an air airport for oh, like yeah, yeah. years. I think I have that movie. I can't think of what it's called, but he's like, yeah, he plays someone of another nationality and he's like stuck it's, living in this airport for literally Catherine years. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, yeah, his yeah. country's like won't take him back they couldn't take him because he wasn't officially from anywhere yeah something, uh, something goofy. like that yeah and that's a pretty i mean he's around people in the airport but actually it's that's pretty isolating feeling as well because he's just living in an airport <laughs> yep all right before we do the number one i'll let you do the number one but here's a few honorable oh, mentions sure. gravity from 2013 mm-hmm. of course sandra bullock by herself up in space mm-hmm. lost in translation which i've never seen oh i've seen this one quite a few times it's critically acclaimed. It's a really well shot film, but it's kind of uh, have to be in the right mood to watch it. Okay. I don't know if I'd call Bug. it isolated, though. Oh, it's okay. lonely feeling, but it's not really. I mean, they're in Japan spending time with each other. It's Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. And there's people around all the time. So I don't hmm, I don't know about self-isolating hmm. in that one. There's Bug from 20, 2006, I, I which I've never heard of. I don't know what that one is. All is Lost from 2013. Never heard of it. Mm-mm. Life of Pi in 2012. That one was okay. I could see the self-isolation point on yep. that one, though, yeah. If you are if you have your special isolation tiger. <laughs> uh, tiger King. <laughs> I, if you, what's the hubbub about Tiger King? I'm no oh, longer on Netflix. What's I don't know. I haven't watched it, and it's one of those ones to me that I, I probably won't just because everyone's talking about it, and everyone says the same thing. Watch the first episode, and by the second episode, I mean, right off the bat, it's so crazy. You don't even know what the heck's going on, and it's just insane, all this stuff that's going on. It's based on a true story. It's like, I don't care. Some guy 
I don't know what the deal is, but it just doesn't sound like anything I could give two craps about. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. People tell me you should watch that, and I tell them, shut up. <laughs> yep, exactly. Shut up. <laughs> All right. Dave, what is the number one social distancing movie listed here? Well, let's go back to 1968, visit a game-changing film from one George A. Romero. We're talking about Night of the Living Dead. Now, ah. this was was probably the first, I mean, for many people, the first zombie movie you ever saw. Now, this was 10 years before I was even born. And so when I saw it, it already looked like an old-timey film. But the story in this one, it, it's a pretty masterful, like, storytelling work of horror fiction. You know, it's, it's, you know, the, the isolation, the way that people kind of turn on each other in the face of this tragedy, um, you know, all, all, all this stuff, like there's a lot of kind of subtle, um, undertone, like understories and themes that, you know, are wrapped up in this fun zombie picture, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty, pretty dark film. <laughs> That's kind of depressing <laughs> it's it's so good though <laughs> night of the living dead was such yeah. a I, I say a fun movie it's not happy it's not feel good the ending like it's not a happy ending necessarily <laughs> it doesn't paint humanity in the best picture but it was such a monumental difference you know in in horror movies in how they approached it and the, the way the story was told i mean it was for that alone, the impact is great, but I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's campy looking now and kind of cheesy because it's you know that old, fifty sixty sure. years old. But at the same time, it's like the storytelling still holds up a lot. Definitely have to check that out. Yeah, um, listeners, I'm gonna just throw this at you just just to kind of counter that with a little bit of sweet. Yeah, do it. Which is here's some good feel good movies. Oh, for you to check out bonus list. Bonus list. Suddenly off the top of my Google search, Princess Bride. Ah, yeah. Uh, you're gonna feel good about yourself after you watch Princess Bride, of course. Uh -huh. uh, Groundhog Day. Yes, fantastic movie. Um, Shawshank Redemption. Mm hmm. One of the best prison movies of all time. We're gonna go School of Rock. That one's awesome. I love that film. And let's see what else we got here. What else we got? Anything uplifting? Elf. <laughs> if you're in the mood for a Christmas movie. What What about if if you don't feel like watching Elf because it's not Christmas anymore? Throw in something like old old school. Throw in with with yep. Will Ferrell. Throw in something like Anchorman. The first one, not so much the second one, although that's okay. But uh, the original Austin Powers. Oh, yeah. A few of those kind of films, too. Get your spirits up. Have a good laugh. And, we'll throw uh, Hook back out there again. Yeah. Hook is good. And if you're looking for something else to watch, I can't tell you how it is because I haven't watched it yet, but I'll be watching it in the next couple of days. Avatar, because we are going to be reviewing next week for our super review Finally, uh, I'm going to see Avatar and, and see what all the hype is about. So watch that and then give us a listen because you can uh, Starring Glenn Close. <laughs> and Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, listeners, I apologize. <laughs> Close but, to Caprio. Um, you Imagine know that Stay movie poster. <laughs> 
<laughs> just what? their last names on the bottom. Yeah, close to Caprio. Or or Di- maybe he's a bigger star these days than she is. Yeah, so he'd get be, first billing. Yeah, maybe. DiCaprio close. <laughs> it sounds like they're saying it sounds like you're saying to crap real close. <laughs> oh, just say it really quick. Yeah, to de- crap real close. <laughs> to crap real close to what? <laughs> Anywho, we have gone off the deep end mm-hmm. because I could not say words good today. Um, maybe I'll say them better next week. And hopefully you guys stick around and check us out next week as well. Mm-hmm. From all of us at the Digital Soup Podcast, do you guys stay safe? Stay isolated, but still in contact and stay sane. Yeah. And then we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. And remember, if you guys have any questions that you want to hear us answer, feel free to reach out, shoot them our way. Take care, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Adios. Thank you for joining us and come back next week for another cracking episode of the Digital Soup Podcast. This has been a Digital Soup production.